Megan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast. Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails. Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Travel Mug Podcast. I'm really excited to dive into another episode. But first, we have some really fun announcements. So first, if you've been listening to an episode and thought, hey, I wish I could see Jen and Megan's pretty faces, well, now you can. Your wishes are command. Hi, guys. (laughs) So starting with this episode, you'll be able to watch us on our YouTube channel. You'll still find us everywhere that we've been. (laughs) Otherwise, we're not changing anything except adding the YouTube channel. And we're also starting another series called Travel Tip Tuesdays. So these will be short bonus episodes and they'll be on the off weeks from our regular episodes. Yeah, it's just going to be like a travel tip to make your travel life easier. I mean, we're starting world domination now. Look at us go. (laughs) Look at us go. I tell you. So now on to today's show. So today we thought it would be fun to talk about five underrated or lesser known Canadian destinations, pairing them with five more obvious Canadian destinations. So giving you an alternative from an obvious to maybe an underrated or under talked about spot. And there's still so much of Canada that both of us haven't seen yet. So we hope this episode will inspire you to explore Canada more in the future. Same for us. Hopefully it's going to do the same for us. Now we chose the underrated places because we've either um, heard of them, but not really a lot, or we have traveled to them and then realized, Hey, that is a bit underrated. No one's talking about it. So We want to make sure that maybe comes up in conversation when people start to talk about where should we go? And of course, to your listeners, we do understand you may or may not agree, but it's our podcast. It is. Um, It is. And we're we're in charge. So here we go. I hope we're not too controversial. (laughs) I really really think if this is people's biggest concerns, they have less to worry about. So we're going to start off in Nova Scotia for our first obvious destination. And if you know Nova Scotia, you know Lunenburg. So listen, I love Lunenburg as much as the next Nova Scotian. I've been there quite a bit. There's lots of fun things to do. But I also feel like people um, visit Lunenburg and don't visit other places in the Maritimes or on the South Shore. Like where I live, Liverpool, and the next community, Shelburne, like I feel like those are underrated. Those are not the places we're going to list. They're kind of a bonus, but I just feel like there are other places in the Maritime. So Megan, where would you suggest that's sort of a bit lesser known in the Maritimes? Well, I completely agree with Liverpool and Shelburne. Those are definitely two little nuggets that people should maybe add to an itinerary as well. And the one I'm going to talk about a little bit more Uh, in-depth is St. Andrews by the Sea. So that's located in New Brunswick. We've been a few times. Have you ever been, Jen? I haven't. It's definitely on on my bucket list. So I I need to get there. 
Awesome. So I went once for work and then Peter and I stayed another time on our way to Bar Harbor one year. It actually is likely a popular spot in some circles, but it's quite far away from certain parts of Nova Scotia, like down on the South Shore. It's really far to go to drive to St. Andrews. It's almost to the U.S. border. So it may be somewhere that people don't travel often due to distance, but here is why you should. (laughs) It is actually a town that's a national historic site in Canada, bearing many characteristics of like a typical 18th century British colonial settlement. I mean history people. There are tons of places to stay, including Airbnbs, bed and breakfast. We've stayed at the Inn on Frederick. And this year when we were supposed to go, but we didn't because we didn't make it to America. We were going to stay at the Montague Rose, which is another B&B there. Uh, During my work trip, we did splurge on company dime and we stayed at the famous Algonquin uh, Inn, which it's a real delight. Like if it's in your budget, Uh, even just for one night, go for it. But it isn't in the downtown core. That's the only thing I would say to maybe keep in mind. But regardless, there's tons of lodging. But for those who are in the know, it is popular. So book early, because again, some people are like, St. Andrews is my jam. So some things to do that I would probably recommend, uh, whale watching with Fundy Tide Runners. We did this and it was really fun. There are lots of other companies to do whale watching tours. The only downside for me was the full body suit. They had us like a floater suit. <laughs> oh, from yes. And it was end of season and many, many people had worn it. And that was unfortunate. I, I smelled all of them. Now, besides, <laughs> besides that, lovely time. Another spot is the Algonquin Golf Course, of course, where the inn is. You can stroll the waterfront. Visit Blockhouse. So what this is, it's built during the War of 1812. At the time, we were fearful of our U.S. neighbors, and this was built to protect the border. It is like stepping back in time, so kind of a cool historical aspect. There are lots of cute shops to browse, including Boutique La Belen and the Whale Store, and you cannot miss Kingsbury Garden Cafe and Gift Shop. So that is actually, and I did miss it. So next time we go, I'm going. Yeah. It's a national and provincial award-winning horticultural masterpiece. So it's actually named one of Canada's top 10 public gardens. 27 acres. It has a Dutch windmill, alpacas, and peacocks. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I, it was unexpected information for me. <laughs> There's a cafe and gift shop and over 50,000 perennials and many themed gardens. And I really, for some reason, I dig a themed garden. I do too. I love it. And then finally, I wanted to mention to visit Pendlebury Lighthouse. I know for us East Coasters, like, oh, another lighthouse. But it was constructed in 1833, and it's the oldest remaining mainland lighthouse in New Brunswick. So there's that. Overall, it's a really quaint town with good food, atmosphere, and history. And we hope to make it back sometime soon and check it out. It's a great stop. Yeah, that's definitely it's on my list. I will get there and I will stay at Algonquin Resort. Yes, you should. <laughs> that list you have is growing. I'm so excited to see where you go. Getting out of control. I need to cross things off. Okay. Let's go with our next obvious uh, place in Canada, which is Toronto. I mean, Toronto is an iconic Canadian city. It is Canada's most populated city, and it's also the most visited city in Canada. There's so much to do. We did a whole recent episode on Toronto. I really had a great time there. Um, We went to the Blue Jays game, as I said in the episode, and I really had a really good time. However, I kind of feel like it's not somewhere I need to visit over and 
over again. So instead, I'm, where could we go? I need you to stay with me here, people, because I'm afraid <laughs> you'll turn off the podcast when I say the name. Please stay. Thunder Bay, Ontario. Wow, sirs. No, it's a small city. <laughs> this is controversial right here, Jen. This Thunder Bay is controversial. I can't wait to hear more about it. I know. So I know it's not somewhere that comes to mind when you're planning to go to, you know, a city in Ontario. A lot of people end up going there because they're driving across Canada and like there's nowhere to stop except Thunder Bay. But my best friend lives in Thunder Bay, so I've visited several, several times, and I actually think it's really underrated. So I'm going to tell you about some of my favorite things that I have done there. So hiking. If you're into hiking, there is a ton of great hikes and waterfalls. So some of my favorites have been Mount McKay. So you, it's basically right in the city, pretty close to the airport, and you hike up. It's uphill. Um, it, Mount is in the name. Sure. <laughs> But you get really great views of the city, and it's not a long hike, but it is challenging just because of the uphillness of it. Right. Um, my next favorite is Kekabeka Falls Provincial Park, which say it for me again. I know Kekabeka Falls. <laughs> Kekabeka, I love that. No, so that's actually the second highest waterfall in Ontario, and the park has a ton of um, hiking trails with varying difficulties. I haven't done any of their really long hikes. We kind of go and do like the more groomed trails and get it. There's an ice cream place close by that has really great ice creams. So I would recommend going there as well. And the Cascades Conservation Area has like five and a half kilometers of trails. And it's a waterfall, but as you can imagine, it is cascading. So it's a lot of like flat rocks and then it goes down a little bit and then flat rocks. And it's just a really peaceful spot every time we've been to Cascades. It's been like only us there, which is really nice. nice. Thunder Bay has a waterfront on Lake Superior. So, you know, coming from the Maritimes, of course, you think waterfront and ocean, but there it is on Lake Superior and Lake Superior is so huge that it kind of looks like the ocean, even though right. it's not. So my next stop is Thunder Oak Cheese. They're mm. a must stop for me. I go every single time. Um, they make Gouda and it's, so delicious. Is it Gouda? It is mm. so Gouda. It's um, so Gouda. <laughs> the first time I went there, I went with my best friend and her parents. And her mom was like embarrassed of us because we were eating so many of the samples. <laughs> Back when there were samples, it was a beautiful time. There were samples. Um, but we also bought a lot of cheese. And when you buy it, from there, it's like vacuum sealed and it doesn't have to be refrigerated. So I can stick it in my luggage and bring Love it that. home. It's great. <laughs> my other, one of my favorite places in Thunder Bay is the Thunder Bay Conservatory. So it's like a tropical oasis in like the middle of the city. It's a really great place to go and wander, especially when it's cold outside, which is a lot of the time in Thunder Bay. Right. I've visited Thunder Bay and I've only gone once in the summer. Every other time I've gone, it's been pretty cold. So yeah, I recommend so maybe you're summer. recommending summer. Is that I what would recommend the summer, but I mean, if you if you like to ski, there's a ski sure. also like and snowboard and that kind of stuff. There's also a skating, um, like lots of skating, outdoor skating opportunities. Oh, well, that's good then. Like if if you like winter, like outdoor winter sports, it's definitely a great place. Maybe like January, maybe not, because it does get into like deep freeze temperatures where you can't do fun stuff outside. 
I think I'll go in summer, but I appreciate the effort of the winter folk. (laughs) And so my last place in Thunder Bay, second last place in Thunder Bay that I want to talk about is the Sleeping Giant. So you actually, you really can't mention Thunder Bay without talking about the Sleeping Giant. So there's many legends about the formation of the Sleeping Giant. And one eligible legend says the giant is Nana Bijou, the spirit of the deep sea water who was turned to stone when the location of a silver mine was disclosed to white men. So the sleeping giant can be seen from many parts in the city. It's also a provincial park. Um, If you drive over there, it has lots of hiking trails. I have yet to make it out to climb the giant. Is it like a mountain? Like, is it rock formation? Well, I'll put it in the, um, I'll put a picture up on our social media, but it literally looks like a man laying down if you look from across the water. Yeah. A man that is sleeping (laughs) face up. Um, It's really, really cool. And the last place that I want to talk about is the Terry Fox Memorial that's just outside of Thunder Bay. So that is where his um, Marathon of Hope unfortunately ended. But it's a really nice place. Actually, you can see the Sleeping Giant from the Terry Fox Memorial. So it is a lovely place. I urge you to give Thunder Bay a try. You've done well. I'm impressed <laughs> with your description. I can't, I can't disagree. Hopefully I find myself there one day. Yes, maybe you will. Where are we off to next? Now, a bit more of an obvious location, but again, it's beautiful. Uh, Banff is where I'm going to talk about just for a second. So it is a beautiful resort town in Alberta. Of course, there's Lake Louise. We cannot argue these points. Like it's gorgeous. And if you get a chance to visit, honestly, you should. I'm not saying don't. There are two beautiful mountain peaks on the skyline of the town. The town itself, there's lots of boutiques, restaurants, places to stay. You can't go wrong, except that it is busy and popular. And therefore, I have a least obvious choice for you for this area. Jen and I have actually both been here. It is Canmore, which is west of Calgary. It's located in the Rocky Mountains and is known for several notable mountain peaks, such as the Three Sisters, which you can see for a long time when you're driving in, and Holling Peak. Overall, the population's just under 14,000. And really, in our opinion, it's a can't miss. When were you there? I was there in 2005. So it's a really long time. Um, Just a minute. I was a teenager and I went on a family trip and I absolutely loved Canmore. I totally fell in love with it and was like, I'm going to move there, which clearly I haven't. Um, but it well, is lots of life left. You're good. Well, yeah, that's true. But it's a really great place. And I definitely want to get back there and visit again. Yeah. My sister lives in Calgary. We took sort of like this Winnebago type thing and we traveled all up into that area. And it it's, it's just so gorgeous. The whole area, once you get outside of the city, is just so beautiful. So One of the places I want to talk about is Grassy Lakes, so that's G-R-A-S-S-I, and it overlooks Canmore. The upper and lower Grassy Lakes are at an elevation of about 1,525 meters and are a part of Canmore Nordic Center Provincial Park. The lakes are emerald colored. You already have me at emerald colored. (laughs) And it's really a popular place for hiking and rock climbing. A lot like Thunder Bay, a lot of outdoorsy things sort of here is, is the key. Canmore Nordic Center Provincial Park, which I just mentioned, and, and is a big mouthful. Um, outside of just, just outside of the grassy lakes, the park is just west of Canmore. It's situated at the foot of Mount Rundle, which goes along the Bow River Valley. 
It's really picturesque and it's very popular again for walking, hiking, mountain biking, cross-country skiing. Fun fact, the Nordic Center was originally constructed for the 1988 Winter Olympics and the cross-country <laughs> skiing by and biathlon part of the Nordic combined events were actually held there for the Olympics. Oh, I know. I know. Were you, were you, you were alive yet for the 80? No, okay. I was not. We're I, was, move right on. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't okay. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I don't really recall that because I wasn't thought of yet. Um, <laughs> Pauling Peak. So we did mention this earlier. It is a mountain located immediately south of the, the town of Canmore, just east of the Spray Lakes in Alberta's Canadian Rockies, of course. So there is a hiking route up the south side of the mountain and more technical hiking routes, which means that's not for me. <laughs> um, and difficult scrambles, also just not for me nope. on the north side. I don't, I, I don't scramble. <laughs> um, I do want to say a fun fact about this or a fact. In 1896, Holling, a Chinese cook for the Canadian Pacific Railway, some say um, the Okaloosa Hotel in Canmore. I guess this is maybe a legend. I don't know. He was bet $50 that he could not climb the peak and plant a flag on the summit in less than 10 hours. I'd have been like, you're right. I can't. Right, I uh, but instead, this brave man, according to the Medicine Hat News of October 22nd, 1896, he started the ascent at 7 a.m. Uh, the previous Saturday morning and was back in time for lunch. Oh my God, he was cruising. <laughs> right? As nobody believed his story, understandably so, <laughs> he led a party of doubters to the summit. So they're like, I'll do it again, where he planted a much larger flag beside the original one that he had already planted. And that one was actually visible for the naked eye from Canmore. He's like, I'll show you people. <laughs> And there's also, of course, lots of golfing options, Silvertip Golf Resort and Historic Canmore Golf Club, which is actually founded in 1926. So definitely historic. Yeah. Really just overall, it's a town for nature lovers and outdoor enthusiasts. It's all about the natural beauty and really just being immersed in it. Um, but it also has culture. So it has art galleries, spa options, um, as well as like many outdoor other activities. It's also important to note that for a small place, there's lots of delicious food options and places to stay. I mean, really, let's go to Canmore again. I know. I I, I wish I could remember, and maybe I could, my dad might know, but the place that we stayed, we had absolutely, we had like a cabin with like a really beautiful view um, of the mountains. And we did whitewater rafting. So that was my oh, fun. first and only time doing whitewater rafting. Um, I was absolutely terrified and I like, I was a teenager and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Right. Uh, and of course they made me do it because they probably had already paid for it. And they're like, you're doing it. Plus um, you're not leaving you by yourself. Yeah, basically. Um, I also, I had an amazing time doing that and I really enjoyed it. So jokes on me. That's how it oftentimes goes though. You're like, yeah. I don't want to do this. And you do it. And you're like, actually, I enjoyed that. Darn it. Yes. How it goes for me. Mm -hmm. Where to next, Jennifer? Right. Next, our next obvious Canadian destination is Montreal. So a lot of people go to Montreal. We visited in 2013. We had a good trip. Overall, it's a fun city. I really enjoyed. Uh, we did the Biodome. Yeah, I liked it there too. Yeah. And we, you know, wandered old Montreal and did the shopping thing and that sort of stuff. And I mean, overall, I'll say it wasn't my favorite city. So the place I'm going to recommend 
is Quebec City in Oh, do tell the little rivalry. I know it is. We're so controversial. Mm. Um, so is Quebec City underrated? I don't know. Maybe not. I think a lot of people also visit Quebec City, but I think it gets a bit overlooked. So I've visited a few times. I love it so much. I want to go again. I definitely want to go um, Christmas time and see it because I've seen pictures and it looks amazing. So some things to do. The Chateau Frontenac, obviously we have to talk about that. It is absolutely beautiful. My dream is to stay here one day. I've stayed there. I'm so jealous. I was working in the travel industry at the time and therefore it was a cheaper rate. So <laughs> I am that. But yeah, it's it's as lovely as you think it is. And I mean, I'm sure we weren't in a fancy room, but it is. you must do it. Yes, I must. So they also do guided tours there. Like even if you're not staying there, you can take a guided tour. And they have afternoon tea on Saturdays. So- Gotta go. The oldest streets in North America are in Old Quebec, which is the UNESCO World Heritage Site, and over 400 years old. It's like our teeny tiny little taste of Europe. It's yes, not exactly. Europe because it's not as old, but it's like our teeny tiny little taste of Europe. It's all we got, and we'll take it. We'll just use it. Um, lots of shops, restaurants, wandering around. I really, really like it. And then you can also wander the fortifications of the city and get like amazing views. And then the Plains of Abraham are one of Canada's most historically significant places. So this is where the French and the British armies fought on multiple occasions in the hope of keeping their respective grip on the North American continent um, Mm -hmm. until the decisive 1759 conquest. So decisive. So decisive. And on my bucket list is the Bonhomme Carnival de Quebec, also known as Carnival. It's one of the largest winter carnivals in the world, and it features an ice palace. Amazing. Um, right. Night parade, skating, an ice canoe race, snow sculpture contest, so many more things. It takes place in February. I absolutely- an ice canoe race? Yeah, that's what it said. I'm okay. not like- I can't picture it either. I'll have to Google the picturing. Do, do they do they make the canoes out of ice? That's what it sounds like. Oh, I see. Maybe so. But then where do you put them to race them? Wouldn't the water be frozen? Oh, maybe. Maybe they race a regular canoe on ice. <laughs> I think we're going to have to look this up. Somebody let us know. Her, people. If you've gone, please let us know. <laughs> do tell. <laughs> All right. Now, where shall we go? I don't want to make a lot of people angry here, but I'm going to say an obvious city. Um, Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. Oh, oh, I said it. So it is a quaint seaside town. Don't get me wrong. We've we've all been there. We love it. It's famous for its beaches, its seafood, and of Green Gables, who I hold dearly to my heart. Really friendly folks, as you can find all throughout Atlantic Canada. We do see why it's popular. But if you are looking for something even more a bit out of the way, because of (laughs) course you have to either take the bridge or a ferry to PEI. One, you can still have an adventure to and take a ferry to (laughs) the Magdalene Islands, people. Let's talk about that. So I've never been. Have you been? I have not. It's it's on my list. My best friend went when we were in... I want to say junior high or high school for like a French king. Maybe it was there. I can't remember. Anyway, 
Um, yes, I think that I would really like to go there. It's on my list. And I definitely think it's underrated because I don't think a lot of people know that it exists at all. Nope. So let's talk about it then. So it is an archipelago, which is part actually of Quebec or Quebec, but from its location, and we get the sense that islands kind of want to be a part of Atlantic Canada. um, And we don't blame you. We're lovely. So it is actually closer geographically sort of to Atlantic Canada than it is Quebec. And from really what I'm going to talk about, we really do need to visit. It's good that it's on your list. So (laughs) in total, there are eight major islands, all inhabited except one called Brian. Interestingly, in the interior of the islands, they were once completely covered by pine forests. And there's actually an ancient salt dome that underlies the archipelago as well. Hashtag history. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The climate actually sounds great. On the islands, winter is mild. Spring is cool. Summer has a few heat waves and falls typically warm. I mean, hello. That's perfect. That's kind of dreamy. Maybe we just need to move there. Screw visiting. Let's move. <laughs> now, Wikipedia tells us that tourism is a major industry on the islands, which have many kilometers of white sand beaches and steadily eroding sandstone cliffs. I guess that means like enjoy the beaches, but don't stand on the cliffs. That's what I got from that. <laughs> would say. <laughs> That's what they're telling us. Also, they're a destination for bicyclers, camping, sea kayaking, windsurfing, and kite surfing. Very few of those I do, but I'll still go. (laughs) During the winter months beginning mid-February, ecotourists visit to observe newborn and young harp seals on the pack ice in the Gulf of St. Lawrence. I would do that. Yes. I would do, although February is cold, but apparently it's mild there. Yeah. Now, of course, the ice cover has been reduced recently and the observation season has been canceled several times. So hopefully that revives itself. Now, you do arrive on the islands by ferry. From what I could read, it was from New Brunswick. So that's something to keep in mind. But I love an adventure on a ferry. Lots of hotels, motels and B&B options. There's actually cottages, condos, Airbnbs. I looked for myself to see if there were. Now, I did find... Um, that a lot of the Airbnbs were private rooms in people's homes. So that's just something to keep in mind. That's not my jam, but it could be more easy on the pocketbook often. So that's, yeah. The food options, there's plenty. However, please be warned, much like the rest of Atlantic Canada, it's very seafood forward, like literally at every turn from what I could find. (laughs) Um, Now, what to do while you're there includes visiting vineyards, which surprised me. Yeah. Interesting. Love it. Farms, museums, art galleries. Again, the opportunities involved the sea, such as surfing and kite surfing, shopping, which includes gift shops and boutiques. It sounds very maritime to me, but also sounds like a different experience maybe than we've had before with other islands or whatever the case might be. I really just think, you know, to finish things off today was a great spot because it isn't a place I think a lot of people talk about. And it seems like really unique. Yeah. I, I, and it doesn't, I mean, I know that they exist, but it doesn't pop into my mind when I'm thinking of places to go. And it sounds so nice and probably really, um, quiet, I'm guessing like, and I'm sure, you know, if it was your jam to Airbnb, a private room in someone's home, that that local would be probably an amazing host and, you know, take you or give you, um, advice on where to go and what to do. And, Um, yeah, I think that there's so many great places to go in Canada. And like, we've been saying, like, there are these classic 
amazing places, but don't pigeonhole Limit yourself. yourself. Yeah. Into going to only the Calgary's and the, you know, Toronto's and the Montreal's of Canada. There's all these like nooks and crannies and places that you can go and have a really great experience too. And I think we've literally just scratched the surface. There's so many other places. And and of course, we're not as familiar with even Western Canada. So there's probably so many places there where people are like, well, there's this, this, and this too, which honestly just shows sort of like the expanse of this country and what you can see and do that it isn't mainstream. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So this was super fun. Yeah. I'm hoping we didn't hurt people's feelings. We weren't rude. We were just, we were just trying to give alternatives, mm-hmm. right? So thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the travel mug podcast. We hope you're seeing this on our YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Maybe someday I'll put mascara on for an episode. That would be great, <laughs> but whatever I'll do me. You can find us on our website, travelmugpodcast.com. Coming in the new year, that's even going to get a revamp. We are girls on the move, okay? Yeah. yeah. You can always find us on Facebook and Instagram at Travel Monk Podcast. And um, also, if you would like to tell a friend about us, we would really appreciate it. Share with a travel-loving friend. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps, and we really do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.